So when you first got to the league, who's the first person to bust your ass? <laughs> in a game? In a game that you was like, oh, I'm on the level yeah. level. Like I, I mean, I'm sure there, it happened a couple times. Like for sure, like your your first lap of the league. I'm sure you know you had a couple rough nights. But I remember Mitch Richmond. It's funny because people probably don't even like anyone who's under forty probably doesn't even really remember <laughs> Mitch yeah. Richmond. He which was is, so nice, which is disrespectful. Right, but he's so guy. nice. I remember we were playing. I think at home, in Phoenix. I was on the bench. Danny Ainge was like, he he just got hot. He was he was going off, and he's like, Rock, get in there, like, get under his feet, use your quickness, throw him off his rhythm. And I went out there, he torched me, and I was, there was nothing I could do because he's bigger, stronger, and he was in a zone, so he was just brushing me off, shoot right over you, like, but like no rim, you know what I mean? It was <laughs> yeah. straight bottoms, <laughs> bottoms, bottoms, bottoms. Every time I was like, oh. God, this is embarrassing. Like, why me? Why you know what now? I mean? like, it's embarrassing. Like, every, not, the ball's not touching the rim Like every time down. Live on location. California living, man. My man Stevie on the strip. He brought <laughs> us out here to his home, man. Opened up his house. We out here close to a beach. I ain't going to tell y'all which one. That's private information. But, man, we appreciate you having us out to the crib, man. Jumping Thank down you. with the knuckleheads. Y'all check this one out, man. It's back-to-back MVP Hall of Famer. Steve Nash, y'all. It's your boys, Q Rich and D-Miles. Knuckleheads, shout out to the podcast. Season two. That ain't how we thinking, that ain't what we do. Like, it's just like, how did y'all come up with that? Yeah, yeah. Is this thing on? Well, well, scripted, we kind of just get into it. We come from an authentic OG standpoint. You weren't winning with just one star player. Or the league had changed. This is a story that people don't know. This dude had my shoes on, right? He just talking hot mess. You know, we were just young and wanted to prove ourselves, and you were in the way. <laughs> This is nice, man. Pour me some Henny. Yo. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great feel. It's a great feel. great feel. great feel. great feel. great feel. great feel. So I want to go back to the beginning, right? Because your dad played pro soccer. Like, did you start playing basketball first, or did you naturally no. just play like? Because I know I already. Obviously, I know you were sick. You still are sick at soccer. Uh, I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you spreading the good word for me. My parents are from the UK. My mm-hmm. parents are from London. My mom's Welsh, but grew up in London. My dad grew up in London. Soccer player. So. We, when we moved to Canada, I, was, I wasn't even a year old. I don't know, like 11 months, I think. And so my dad didn't even know, really knew nothing about basketball. So I grew up playing soccer, hockey, because we were in Canada, baseball, box lacrosse. Chess. Mm. I played chess in elementary school, like for whatever reason. I don't even know why I did that. But um, I played all everything. I played everything you could play. And then when I got to the eighth grade, I went to, like in, where I grew up in Canada, junior high was grades 8, 9, 10. High school was 11, 12. Wow. And so I went to the eighth grade at a new school, and all the jocks, so to speak, that were playing on the playground every day were playing basketball. And it was like right around the time like the first Air Jordans came out, and, yeah. and Mike was doing commercials with Spike Lee, and yeah. it was like this super cool time to get involved, like to love the game. And so I was 13, the kids that wanted a ball at my school played basketball, so I played basketball in the eighth grade, still played soccer and hockey, like on like the city select team, whatever, which was a pretty big commitment. But after that year, I fell in love with basketball so much that I just stopped playing soccer and hockey on like the club team, so to speak. 
and that was it. I just played uh, hoops every day after that to be with my friends, but also because I did, I totally fell in love with it. MJ yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah. MJ effect. That's dope. Hundred percent. That's what you were seeing most of the time. Is, is MJ? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's weird. <laughs> Um, to think back, but especially growing up in Canada, yeah. like we, you didn't get as much. Like didn't we didn't have ESPN, well. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And ESPN was young then. I think, right. like yeah. in the late eighties. Well, when would I have been? I would have been thirteen, so I would have been. It would have been like eighty-seven. Yeah. You know, ESPN was probably young. I can't remember when it founded, but we didn't have it in Canada, so we we get like college basketball on ABC, yeah. right? Like CBS, whatever yeah. it was, right? Yeah. yeah. And we'd get one or two NBA games a week, but there was no league pass. There was right. no. no so no. like I used to record on the VHS all the games yeah. and take stuff from everybody and just yeah. go out in like the schoolyard right. behind my house and just try to recreate it. So when did you start getting recruited in high school by colleges? It really doesn't even count in a sense, but I started, I think, in the ninth, tenth grade, getting recognized by Canadian, like colleges near me, yeah, Canadian colleges. Can. But I didn't. I got one scholarship offer to play Division One basketball by Santa Clara, where I right. went, and I got that offer. Like they came, like it was nobody really. It was weird, actually, to be honest. I played on the junior national team the summer going into my senior year and we played Long Beach State they came up to Canada we played a series with them and I played really well yeah and they had uh I was like Lucius Harris okay Ryan Russell they had like three or four guys that played in the league yeah and I did really well I came off the bench had a good game after the game their coaches came over like we got you know we got to have you down for a visit Mm -hmm. but I think they were also like you know there's an LA school there's this little like skinny white kid from Canada like yeah they were hyped in the moment, but then they never followed up. Right. And I was like, wow, that was my chance. I actually played well, yeah. and it never amounted to anything. And then so I f- somehow Santa Clara had heard about me, and the coach came up to watch me play in my in our like provincial tournament, which is like the state championship, so to speak. He took me out to lunch after like our first round game or whatever, and he offered me a scholarship basically hmm. on the spot. But that was it. And so I, I said, okay, can I come see the school? I went on a visit and then signed. But... That was it. I had one So at the end of your... End of my senior year. If, if senior they didn't year. come up, I probably would have... But you wrote letters to other colleges. My high school coach sent tapes to like That's 30 NCAA schools. Like yeah. all like bigger schools. Like yeah. from University of Washington, which is right by where, where yeah. I grew up, to Duke. Like yeah. to everybody in between. And, you know, I think it's just like the quality of the tape, the quality of the competition. Like yeah. they were probably like, no. You ain't right? Canada. Right. And like we've never you. seen him. Why are we yeah. going to go up there? Do like, y'all hear like this? That? University of Washington's and Duke and everybody no, but, in I between. Mean, like, little Steve Nash was <laughs> writing y'all letters. No, the future two time MVP, first ballot HOF. Yeah. He was trying but to come it's to not, school. But it, it's actually not that uncommon. Yeah. Like, if you think about it. We all develop at different stages. Look yeah. at Steph. True. Like yeah. Steph's father played in the league, played at Virginia Tech. They didn't want him. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know how many scholarships he had, but he ended up at Davidson. Yeah. Right? So it's not Kawhi Leonard. He said he wanted to go to Duke. I mean, you know, right? Like he, so Kawhi Leonard, right? Like I don't San know. He Diego probably had a bunch State. of scholarship offers, but he ended up being a kid who went to San Diego State. Now, yeah. you know, like he's at the top of the pyramid. Dane Lillard, Weber State. Where did you want to go? 
I would have. I, Where did you question. really want to like, go? Like, I mean, it, to be honest, in some ways, I wanted to go to University of Washington because it was close and like we mm. had um, we had local Seattle TV where we were, so it mm. used to see cool. But I also yeah. like, don't get me wrong, like I would have like gone to any of the big schools that were right. on TV on a Saturday, right? Like, yeah. What you know, Duke, Carolina, Syracuse, UCLA, yeah. like whatever it is, Louisville, yeah. like all these schools that were on TV at the time, I would have been happy to go to any of them and. It's, you know, everyone has their story, but. Yeah. <laughs> when you got to college, you got to work for the spot. The spot wasn't yeah. given to you. And you had to work to play in it. Like, who was the. It, it, was, it was worse than that. Like, when, <laughs> I, when, I got, when I got to Santa Clara, like I said, we all develop at different stages. And mm -hmm. I was still, like, underdeveloped physically. Yeah. When we got to Santa Clara, we had a great point guard, John Woolery, came from Fairfax High School here in L.A. Yeah. John struggled shooting the ball. Otherwise, he was an NBA guard. Like, he was, like, quick, long arms, great defender, yeah. penetrate, could pass. He was such a great mentor to me, in a sense. One, by, like, when I came there my freshman year, playing in the summer, playing before season, he was ripping me, <laughs> bringing the ball to the court all the time. Was, like, huh? when I was a guy that, like, like lived off my handle like i was proud of my handle right? right and there's this guy that's like taking the ball from me i was like this is crazy what i want to play in the nba like even though i had one scholarship i really wanted to play in the nba and i thought i could do it yeah and I, I like had this kind of plan that i could do this and i'll get there one day but it's an awakening when you go to a school you'd almost never heard of right. i really hadn't heard of it until yeah. they recruited me i'd never heard of john right and he's killing me i'm like how am I ever going to make it if the first stop I ever make, yeah. I can't even like get off the bench. And, but he, he, he helped me grow, right? Yeah. Like I learned from him because of his athleticism. Playing against that every, playing against every, every day. day. Taking the ball from me. Right. How to learning. And so what happened was we started the season. I was his backup. I played like 10 minutes a game. And then at Christmas he had a scope and on his knee. And so he missed like three or four games. And I stepped in and played really, really well. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, you're going to back John up and you're going to play the backup too as well. So I ended up playing by the end of your 30 minutes a game and, and actually like super pat on the back, but it was the conference tournament MVP and we made the nice. NCAAs. Yeah. Like had a big game and the, the game to go. But like in like December, that was impossible. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it all mm. happened fast yeah. where – like I grew and I and I grew a lot because of John, not just the way he 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 pushed me and challenged me, but he also accepted me. Yeah. Right? Like when I got better, he wasn't like no, I'm, not down, I'm not down, I'm not good with this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was like, You're getting better and I, I we need you. Yeah. Like go. Teammates. Right? Yeah. Like go. Go. Yeah. Like go to work. And yeah. so like you have to have people like that, some steps in your career. Dude. Right? Like Michael Finley for me and Dirk. <laughs> He was my the OG. That's my OG He's, right there. He was mine. Yeah. Hoops. Yeah. Hoops. You know? I never Love played family. with him on the team, but just in that gym, you know how he yeah. is. Like yeah. seeing what he do, him and Jawan, they were them, 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 them statues of just perfection, mm -hmm. professionalism for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Finn, definitely. He was always a great friend, great teammate. And when Dirk and I, for lack of a better word, because I, I never saw it this way, when we eclipsed him, when you look back. Right? Yeah. He was the all-star. He was an all-star two years in a row, and Dirk yeah. and grew, and he empowered us. He let yeah. us grow. Then we made the all-star game, and he didn't. Yeah, He never once ever stepped in the way of that verbally, yeah. 
emotionally. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You didn't feel that off him when you... He you know. Like, he was 100% down with it all. Like, that's a good human being, one. And we're lucky that that was our vet. That yeah. was our guy yeah. that, like... You know, like he handed it over in a sense. Like we still needed him. He was still a great player, still playing at an all-star level. But he empowered us to be our best. And like, yeah. if you don't have people like that along the way, who knows? Like, right? Like, yeah. I, we should thank him. Me and my Phoenix teammates should thank him for putting that on you, so that you <laughs> came out the way you were. By the time we got to him, we couldn't be happier. <laughs> when he was in the draft, the legendary draft, the legendary draft, one of the greatest drafts mm-hmm. ever, arguably. Where did you want to go? Was Phoenix was the spot that you yeah, but, knew? It was in? I know you I, I, work out and all that stuff. Like the only place that I there was two interesting places. I didn't know Phoenix for sure at all. Yeah. Um, the only two others was Vancouver, being that I'm from British Columbia. Yeah. And they had I can't remember. They had they got Sharif, so they had the second pick, Sharif. I think. But they also had the twenty something pick. I think Roy Rogers. Mm. I wasn't going to be the second pick, but was there a trade in the works? Or would I would I last to the twenties or whatever? And then the other one was Minnesota. They they had I think four, and they took Marbury, mm-hmm. and it was like they weren't sure if they were going to trade down yeah. for me because I they had me there for like I stayed there for like three or four days. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you go for a workout, you're in and out. Yeah. Right. I stayed like they had me hang with them for a minute, so I was like. You know, you get a sense that maybe they're more serious, right. and maybe yeah. they'll. Um, but they ended up taking stuff, and 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 to be honest, it was just a surprise on the day. I didn't know, really, one way or another. Yeah. So how was that? How do you feel when you get there? You go from possibly going to Minnesota, being part of a you know a young core with Kevin Garnett coming up, but then you get there, and now you got KJ, Kevin Johnson. Yeah. And Jason Kidd sitting in front of well, you. When I got drafted, it was just Kevin Johnson. They traded for Jason Kidd, though, in December of my rookie year, right. which is crazy, right? right. Kevin Johnson, then you go out and get, like, one of the best point guards in the game. Yeah. So I'm, like, right away, like, hmm. <laughs> right. But my, I was always an underdog, right, and a late bloomer, like, yeah. always, like, one scholarship. I graduated. Right, yeah. like I was always late catching up in a sense. Maybe because I started playing when I was thirteen. Maybe because I just physically wasn't your typical NBA player. Like yeah. I wasn't very explosive. You didn't have the knowledge of it. Like the knowledge, the, but also like I wasn't explosive. Yeah. Right. So I think for me to get to the level, I had to be creative yeah. and refine my skills yeah. and like get a little more athletic to where I was in the ballpark. You know, like just as far as staying with guys yeah. and getting by people, and so. It was like one of those things where I took the whole thing as like, I'm fortunate to be here. I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to play a long time. And so I came in the league not really expecting a lot. I think people thought I'd be a career backup. Yeah. I thought I'm going to be really good one day, but I, it's going to take time and it's going to be a process. So I was happy to learn from KJ. And then when we got Jason Kidd, instead I was excited. At the time was one of the best PGs in the game yeah. in the league. It was... It was his third year in the league. He's already been an all-star. He was rookie of the year. So I was excited in a sense to learn from one of the best. And, mm-hmm. like, the world wasn't as small then. Nowadays, half the leagues in L.A. playing <laughs> right. together all summer. You see everything on YouTube, yeah. Instagram, whatever, like you right. want. Back then, it wasn't so small. Like you, So to get that type of access to a great player yeah. was like a gift. And yeah. I, I took it that way. Instead of, like, this is BS, I need to get out of town and have my own show. I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to learn. And, and yeah. to compete and competing in practice and just watching him, Jason, compete. 
it gave me confidence that I could, you know, do that one day. And so it, it, I never looked at it. I never looked down upon it. I always looked at it as a great opportunity. And I, I always say that one of the biggest accomplish, accomplishments in my career was my second year in the league was that I did play like 22 minutes a game. Yeah. Like Kevin Johnson and Jason Kidd. And so to actually right. get minutes. To get minutes and with that. part of it, I was lucky because Danny Angel was crazy enough to play the three of us together. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I also earned yeah. him saying, I'm going to play all three of you together because it could, you know, 99% of the situations, like, we, yeah, we like you, but yeah. you're going to have to sit right. and watch. Yeah. So that, that, for me, was pivotal and, and a great experience. And then I went to Dallas the next year. How did you feel about being in Dallas and they was committed to you? Great. I mean, it, look, was it? it was it was crazy because I went to Dallas. They gave me a good deal, mm. but I wasn't like that heralded outside of Phoenix. I think mm. Phoenix was like, wow, we have a kid here that we think could be really good, yeah. and he's showing a lot of glimpses and promise. But the rest of the league, you know, I don't know, or at least the fans didn't yeah. know. Right. So I went to Dallas. They're like, well, we gave this little guy all this money, yeah. um, which it wasn't crazy at the time, but it was like they committed to me. And then it was the my third year in the league, my first year in Dallas was the lockout year, the fifty game season. So we were playing a pickup game in like January, like a week before the lockout broke. And I got I went to the basket and someone knocked me out of the air and I landed on my back. My back was bugging me like really bad the whole year. And so we played forty games where I was I wasn't moving well, I was kinda of struggling, I played poorly. You know, fans were on me. And then, the, like, we had a shoot-around, and Nelly had us playing dribble tag. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that nowadays, right? <laughs> and so we were playing the dribble tag. I got a back spasm. Never had a back spasm in my life. So I, they wheeled me out in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk for two days. It's scary, right? Locked yeah. up. Like 20, whatever. I was 23, 24 years old. And so I went to the doctor, and they x-rays, and they're like, you have a condition called spondylolisthesis, like a stress fracture in your spine, and one of your, like, vertebrae is slipped, like, yeah. millimeters. And so... Which they're like, twenty percent of the population has, but for an athlete, it can be problematic. Like you have to really stay on top of it and do all these exercises. And so, that's why I struggled that year and a little bit subsequently because I was dealing with something. And so it was a rough ride in Dallas at first. I got like there was a time I was playing point. Obviously, it started at the point I think I got booed every time I touched the ball. So I'd get it after they score, dribble up the court, they booed me. I went 0 for 8. And it was when we were the, one of the worst teams in the league. We were playing the Rockets, Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler. So it sold out in Dallas. Got booed at home every time I touched the ball. Yeah, like, that's tough. Crazy, right? And my younger brother, went. And he was playing professional soccer in England at the time. I think he had a break as he was playing for Canada. And he, whatever reason, he, it was his first time he saw me play. And then, oh, man. and I'll never forget, like, I looked over at him, like, kind of like, this is crazy. And he's in his seat, dying, laughing, <laughs> dying, laughing yeah. at me. And it kind of gave me perspective, like, right. look, you know what, like, it's, it's not permanent, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're getting That's crushed awesome. right now, but it's no big deal. So, But I think, like, that experience... Like, it, it just makes you tougher, right? Makes you, you tougher. If, if you respond to it and say, I'm not giving up, like, I'm not going to let this affect me, I'm going to, like, so I was like, I'm doubling down. I'm going to work harder. Right. Like, extra hard so that I'd never, if I'm ever asked the question again, subconsciously, maybe not. Like, should I quit? Should I take the edge, you know, take a step down? I never want to, that question's never in doubt. No. Like, I'm going for it. I would never have thought, you ever got booed there 
I would never. If I could just think back to, you remember our season, the first time you went back, right? This the president. <laughs> no BS. I was like, you know, whatever. We going back. You know, I've been a couple of teams where guys go back to their former city. I didn't went back to my forms. Whatever. This ain't Steve Nash going back to Dallas, boy. We got back. The airplane landed. Fans, news, people was there. I barely remember that, but yeah. I was sitting. I said, "Man, what's going on, bro? We at the airport." Then we get to the hotel. Fans deep up in there, boy. All Steve Nash gear. You know how when you get that fans be that way? And I said, so for me, I would not. Like, that's a crazy story to hear that he got booed. Every time he touched the ball to go from that to, like, when we came back, they was mad at Cuban for not bringing them back, for letting them go away to us. And it was homecoming. It was crazy. Yeah. Crazy reception. Did they, did they do a video? I don't know if they did a video, but I know the reception. They didn't need to. The reception, yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed. <laughs> it, it, it. You know, I think it was also because we, Dirk and I came there as, like, guys that people were really unsure about. Yeah. I, I was traded there. So they gave me a good deal, but, like, wasn't, like, a secure, like, it wasn't, right. like, a start or anything yet. Dirk was, dra- the same day, was drafted by them. So we start this thing together. We're the worst team in the league. Yeah. But with Mike Finley, we went from the worst team in the league to, conference finals against the Spurs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we took a big, big jump in six years that I think like the city kind of grew with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, that was a super They seen you and Dirk get better. Right. We, they saw us grow up Yeah, before their eyes from not just like that we became legit NBA yeah. players, but, you know, we were close. Like we, Dirk got, we lost to San Antonio and Dirk got hurt, missed two games. We won one without him, lost 4-2, but we're right in it, right? Yeah. So, like, we almost went to the finals from the worst team in the league, and they saw us both go from being killed yeah. to getting there. So I think there was, like, a little bit of a special vibe because of, mm-hmm. you know, we started really, really down there deep in the mud. <laughs> so talk about how y'all two came together and just, you know, hit it off and still one of the all-time best duos, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. that did it. And like you say, weren't – Sure shots to do it. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? That's what made a lot of people take even more to y'all, that y'all came up together. Y'all started, like you say, started out together doing it and became a great duo. Like, how did y'all hit it off? Like, what was when you and him yeah. first met? How was that? It was interesting because I came, the day I came from my press conference after the draft, Dark came to for his. He was the first pick, whatever. I can't remember. He was like, picks like seven, eight, nine, or whatever it was. So we did our press conference together. They were like, try to recruit him. Like we had like a party at Nelly's house, went over his house. They like try to recruit Dirk. We want him to come this year because the idea for him, from his standpoint, was draft me and I'm gonna go back go home back. and play a year or two in Germany because yeah. he was only like eighteen, nineteen, or whatever he was. He'd risen quickly. He was totally not known, and then he made his way to the hoop summit. Then like at thirty, I played I mean, against he, him in that he, game. He yeah. That he, was he, our game. He went off, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get to play in that right. game, but yeah, I was. He, yeah. He, he went off and so he had this quick rise and so the Mavs were like we need him let's get him over here let's get him assimilated mm-hmm. and develop him whereas from his perspective it was like hold on I just I just broke onto the scene like I, I'm on my mom's cooking right, <laughs> like, right, right. play for my local yeah. team and so they're like recruit him so like I, I tried to like encourage him I mean more so like you have a friend here right. like, I'm going through this too I'm just moving here 
if you come here, I'll be here to yeah. help you like learn the culture and the league. Yeah. And, and so in a sense, I don't want to like make this to sound, you know what I mean? Right. I was like a big brother in a sense, yeah. but I was still <laughs> trying still, to figure you know, it out myself. Figure I was yourself. a big brother to him and, and that I wanted to like see him succeed and see him more than anything transition easily. Yeah. Right. And so I hope I helped. For me, it was easier because Canada's not that different. Yeah. Right? That different too. I went to college in the States. Yeah. So I, but I also could understand more so than maybe an American, right, how yeah. different Germany is, yeah. right? And what the differences are and where he comes from. And so, and my parents are from the UK. And like, so I kind of had a little more of an international In your understanding, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I could see what a jump it was for him. And I could see also Dirk was like a timid guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, like, you know, we, we remember him now as this, sh- not only a great player, but like a sh- killer at the end of games. Right. Yeah. Like, Deadly killer. Closer. Yeah. Right? That wasn't his personality at first. He had to overcome with a lot of hard work. You know, he grew into that. Like, when he first came here, he'd be like, he'd say stuff. And I know he's exaggerating, but he'd be like, what are we doing here? Like, a couple of white stiffs. Like, we're going to get our ass kicked. You know what I mean? And I'd have to be like, dude, like, just, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Just stay with it. And I know some of it was just him, like, you know, like, he's a long way from home and all this stuff. But he literally went from that kind of mindset to, like, give me the ball. Yeah. Don't worry, it's over. <laughs> like, yeah. it's yeah. Against anybody, right? Yeah. So like, no matter who going. Right. So he, but that is like the leap he took because he was so dedicated to his graft, you know. Yeah. Which is which in the league at that time, power forwards was murder, especially in the right. West. You had Rasheed, yep. KG, Weber, and he got to play against them. And. And the time he came in the league, you know, power forwards were really posted up. Yeah. Right? Like they, they, all the guys you mentioned could shoot, especially mid-range. Yeah. But they really posted up Malone. deep in the paint and tried to punish you big. Yeah. Big, like guys who would try to bully you. Yeah. And so he had to like over – he was the first kind of like prototypical stretch four, stretch yeah. five sometimes. But he came in the league, they're thinking, is he going to be a three? Yeah. Right. He handled the ball and was mobile. Yeah. He wasn't explosive. But he was mobile, yeah. you know, and he had skills. And so when it all shook down, obviously he found his position and became what he became. But, you know, from the start, it was two young guys just trying to make it and pushing each other and going to the gym twice a day. Yeah. Right? Like, we lived in the same apartment complex. You know, two single guys going to gym in the morning with, like, the team. You know, yeah. like you go and, like, maybe a little bit of, like, yeah. in the off season, you go and, like, you hit the strength coach a little bit, then you get on the court, then you play pickup. Yeah. It's still kind of, you know. But then we would come back at night and play one-on-one horse mm. and, like, mm. push each other, yeah. like, whatever, maybe conditioning, whatever. Like, that was the ba- like the foundation, I think, of, like, our relationship, but also our growth, right? Yeah. We needed that. We needed to go back. Push each other. Push and, like, not just to believe deeper, yeah. but to also get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we just needed an opportunity. We needed to grow. Yeah. We needed to develop. We needed to assimilate the speed of the game. Yeah. Like, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you, you mentioned at the press conference. Mm. Didn't both of y'all have like blonde hair or something, something like, like that? Dirk is blonde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had. Well, you had blonde hair. Okay. So my brother and I, that summer I was still in Phoenix, like bleached <laughs> our hair completely blonde being idiots and uh, <laughs> and so of course by the time a month or two later the press conference i was halfway back to normal yeah. and i had frosted tips <laughs> little but justin timberlake like, little justin timberlake vibe tips. i just didn't like 
the NSYNC. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I was at one point totally uh, blonde, and then I went to the press conference looking like an idiot. But did you ever think that you would leave Dallas? Like you weren't going? No, I mean it was like first of all, like Finn and Dirk were like family. Dirk and I were super close because we were like in the same apartment complex. But Finn was my guy. Yeah, He's still right. my guy, but like, like a big brother to me. And played so well together, developed together. He, like I said, like passed the torch to us so graciously in a sense. Yeah. I wanted to stay, but I think Mark Cuban, and this has been covered a million times, but he saw me. I was thirty, and. He didn't know I was going into like my late prime. Yeah. He, he thought he's gonna. He's and at the time, I played a little more of a kamikaze style. Like I was going to the cup in transition, a yeah. hundred um, miles an yeah. hour, like taking contact, like throwing stuff up. And so I think he was like, and I had a back history, so he was like, this is gonna run its course. So yeah. why would I want to commit to him for five six years? I get it. It makes yeah. sense. You know, I was disappointed, and yeah. I, I thought I'd stay there finish my career there you know we're all idealistic when you're in that situation right. that it fits mm-hmm. like yeah. why would i go like yeah. i'm producing and your best friend yeah. is there you got a duo i just pictured you with finn and, yeah. and you know what also killed me a little bit that year is that my last year there we had so my second last year they made the conference final right my last year there we acquired anton jameson antoine walker mm-hmm. and yeah. two great players yeah. but they also play the same position as dirk and you know me and my my default is to pass pass yeah. pass and so i spent the first half of that season i like just trying to trying facilitate to figure, figure this whole thing out so my scoring and my shooting percentage were really down and i don't think at the time we were sophisticated enough to realize that the second half of the season i think i shot like well over 50 percent. but yeah. overall it looked like i shot 41 percent from the field so from I went from whatever forty high forties to forty one, and I'm thirty, mm. and I have a bad back. And I think Mark thought, I know yeah. where this is going. We see right. it forever in the NBA. You get to thirty, or a point guard is going down. So in his defense, that was probably a smart outlook. You know, nowadays maybe you look into the numbers and the and someone's work ethic and what we know physically about the body and all that stuff. But so I, I never thought I'd leave. And Phoenix gave me a great opportunity to make. Um, like a a deal, like a, a contractual deal that I I wouldn't have had the opportunity yeah. to make by far, mm. and I was thirty, so yeah. I couldn't turn that down. And I also looked at the roster in Phoenix; these young, athletic guys yeah. that I I felt like I think I could do something with these guys. Did you think that looking at their roster, Phoenix roster? Did you think that y'all was going to be better than Dallas? No, but I thought we could be really good, and yeah. I thought like we had a chance to surprise a lot of people. I I always like go in thinking, let's like, yeah, I think this could be great, but let like, I'm excited. It's a great opportunity, but let's see. Yeah. And so I, but I'll never say that. Like I said, Oh, right away. Oh, I, I me on that team. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's not the way I, yeah. I feel. I'm like, a, we got to work. We got to come together. We got to figure this out. And I think we could surprise a lot of people, yeah. but to have like the year we had, yeah. It was crazy because I remember talking to Rex Chapman, who was my. Shout out Rex. Rex charge or block. Block or charge. <laughs> Bigger that guy. Is, that is hilarious. The best. But Rex was my vet. Yeah. So we were on the plane together my rookie year, all year. Like, he, he was great to me. And, like, we're still friends this day and was like a big influence on me. So he was working for the team with the Suns. He was like GM or assistant mm-hmm. GM, I think. Him and Super Dave. Yeah. They were like assistant GMs, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, 
And so I remember at training camp, because he was my vet, like going to dinner with him one night or being in his room just like watching something on TV and and him, like us talking about it and and like him kind of being like, you know, like I think we're going to be better than people think. But people thought we weren't going to make the playoffs. Before we get into that season, I have to tell, I don't even know if you remember this story, right? So we both signed as free agents that year. Remember we were there, we were supposed to sign at midnight. Yeah, get the deal done, right? Sign the deal at midnight, right? So you got to remember this. So we sitting there, remember they had us sitting we're in the, the office. office right? yeah, me and you sitting in the office, we like, whatever, watching something on sports yeah. and just trying to, we waiting. And right. then it's starting to take like some time. Yeah. We're like, what the hell is going on, you know? So then Rex come in, he's like, he, said, he told us whatever. He's like, dude, we, we, we handling some things, this, that, and the third. So then, finally, they come back. It turns out, remember back then, you got to think we had agreed to whatever our deals were. Right. But it was under the pretense that the salary cap was going to be whatever. Right. And when it officially came in, it was lower. Mm-hmm. So that meant that somebody had to do something right. with their deal. So we had been sitting there for so long. Rex finally, like, that. I think they were trying to work it out on their own. They saw they couldn't. So they come in. They was all nervous and this, that. And so he was like, yeah, this is what's going on. And so everything happened so fast. This was when I knew. I was. I looked at you like, "What? wait a minute. What's going on, yeah. Because <laughs> he was like, he was telling us, he explained to us somebody, you know, the salary cap came in lower. And this is a scenario. Somebody's going, he was like, is that what the hell, you, this is what you like, is that what the hell we've been waiting on? He was like, man, take it off mine and do this. Thing. I turned to him and looked like, wait a minute. To this day, I can't remember how much money it was or whatever, but right then, I'll never forget that. I remember calling Jeff, and he was like, he did what? <laughs> he was, I was like, Jay, everything happens. He was like, you make sure you go to him and you tell him how much it was for you. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm like, I already, I'm like, but it was, that was indicative of who you were for us. It didn't take, it was no thought process. It was like, that's what we waiting on. Boom, bam, bang. Like, me and Q trying to go to the bar and celebrate and drink. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and that was literally what you said. And I was, I stopped, I looked, Rex looked, Dave Griffin looked, and we were all like, because your agent, I think, I want to say he was on the plane or something, and you was like, man, nah, we're not waiting on this. And we were like, we trying to go. Because by that time, it was like 1-something in the morning, remember? Right, yeah. I remember telling Jeff, and Jeff was like, I'm blown away by that. Weeks later, months later, he was still, I can't believe Steve Nash did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I forgot about it until you brought it up. I don't know. It's like, um, I, didn't I think, was just excited to be on the team. I was yeah. excited to, for him to come to the team. Yeah. What are we what are we waiting on? Let's get let's get going. Let's get, so that was crazy you know. still. In training camp, when you finally got a chance to kind of mold everything and see everybody and play with them, the chemistry y'all had. Like it was like from day one, y'all was kicking ass, like all season that season. Yeah, it seemed like y'all chemistry was so good. Y'all was swinging the ball, everybody was sharing the ball, it was freely. Did you feel it in training camp? They're like, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be uh, a problem. I don't think we knew how we'd be in relation to the rest of the league, yeah. you know, but we knew there was a good feeling. Like yeah. it was fun to come in every day. Yep. I think also like we came to Phoenix early. So before training camp, we're playing pickup yeah. in the, we was the building and like you could sense this is going to work. It's my nature to push, just to get in and push and create something. That's how I like to play, create opportunities and, and for my teammates. And yeah. so we had guys like Q and Joe and Amari and Sean and, you know, all these guys that were, like, athletic, 
uh, skillful, and I think for me it was a pleasure to play with them, yeah. right? And so I just wanted to push and see what we could get, yeah. right? Even in pickup, it was like fun. Like I couldn't wait to get the yeah. rebound and get yeah. out, and you know, yeah, like going. find it's people like for track meet. for opportunities, and so. You could sense, and I think that was Mike's brilliance. Like, I don't think Mike came in with like, "This is how we're gonna play." He saw us playing yeah. pickup and was like, "Hold on, like before yeah. I start being Mister Smart Coach, <laughs> let's let some of this evolve." And yeah. he, he was brilliant in the way he just gave us little details, like, yeah. "Guys, get on the baseline. Don't creep up. Run to the yeah. deep, deep yeah. corner behind the backboard." Phil Weber, yeah. right? He yeah. was the first because you know, in my nature, especially coming from LA, my first four years, I was a beast sneaking in, getting tip ins, yeah. tip dunks, and I, I made my living in college getting offensive rebound every single day. Phil, remember he would be standing there in the corner. I am your spacing monitor, yeah. Mr. Richardson. <laughs> you're a creep. I, dog, I, I, just what he said, like, on them, we get deep in the corners to create the best spaces. So my nature, I would start to, like, if the ball start moving and I think somebody, but I start edging it. I mean, now I'm inside a three-point line here every single time. Mm-hmm. Mr. Richardson, like, or I'd be coming up or either creeping in and he'll yell at me every time about that. That was, like... Field. That's crazy. That's a great story. The, the merge of Amari Stoudemire. When when Amari mm. got with you, mm. he was a contender in, like with the KGs, the Duncans. Mm. Like he was giving them problems. Yeah. Sure. Coming out of nowhere, a lot of people didn't see him coming. But soon, the first year he played with you, the dunks and Look, everything Amari, he was doing. Amari is a freak. His feet, like people talk about his jumping ability, but his he has great feet to yeah. start with. He is always on balance and like a coiled spring. Yeah. He's never off balance or, you know, he's a great feet, great athlete, explosive, quick, fast, all those things, agile, and he had incredible hands. Yeah. So for me, it was a pleasure to try to draw the defense and find him yeah. in positions where he had, he felt like, where he could operate in space. Amari says something when we had him on. He was like, man, I just know. Whenever I got it, when I came in, I just wanted to, I wanted to be ferocious and make noise. And I say, you did that, bro. Yeah. You, you accomplished yeah. that. You ain't do nothing you else, boy. You, he made noises. I mean, he was nasty. He was, I used, sometimes I used to just shake my head like, yo, this young boy is crazy. He, man, it's funny, right? Like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how he's remembered by this generation. But <laughs> it, like, ain't, it ain't the right way. He tore the rim off. He tore people's heads off yeah. on the way. He, he man, he. Man, Amari had it. When you had your MVP seasons, Amari had his MVP seasons, he, too. Yep. <clears throat> you know, he, you know the, I think that he was first team All-NBA in 07, the year after a microfracture. Certainly. Yeah. Right? Like, that's impressive. Yeah. Right? First team All-League in a league that has... KG, yeah. Duncan, Duncan Weber, like whoever, she, like whatever positions they were playing, but like, like that's what I'm saying. The same time, in the same token, I'm saying like that was the first time that I played with with Steve being a superstar. Like you was banging out, but I got two years with you, and then you know you was like the way he came through, dog. The Kimbe, Yao, Tim. Tim yeah. couldn't do nothing no. with him. If he, <laughs> nothing with him. If he had those guys on the move, yeah. I mean, he didn't need that. He could get on them yeah. without, if they were there. His but swing like, through and takeoff was. But his, like, if he caught the ball and they were trying to recover <laughs> on a pick and roll, like, it's, 
There's zero chance. And if they tried, it was ugly. And just he was, man, he was gifted, fun to play with, fun to watch. I definitely talk more stuff for him than he talked that whole season. <laughs> yeah. Of dunks and stuff. He making me jump with him. I'm out oh, here at yeah. the three-point line. Right. And when he go up, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm screaming, flexing, like, because he. Yeah. You know what's happening. <laughs> you know before he even gets the ball sometimes. It's like, you, oh, this is going to be ugly. It was a gift for me, I mean, to play with him. He just had so many gifts physically, and he he took to it. Like, he didn't say, like, well, wait a minute. What should I post up? Yeah. No, he was like, no, no, no. I'm happy picking and rolling and, he embraced and it. going to work. It and, was it was and pick it, your poison. You couldn't do nothing. Yeah. If you let him go one on one, he was going at, around, over, through whoever. Yeah. And at the second y'all come to help, one of us shooting your face off. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard. And when we, and after the first however many games, we really started looking around each other like, man, it's starting to get a little crazy. Like, didn't really expect this. Because we, like I said, we were picked out of the playoffs. We started the season hot. And it continued, and we started like thirty-one and five. Yeah. Right after people thought last like we, in the division. we were going to make the yeah. playoffs, right? Whether it was last or whatever, we weren't supposed to make last. So it'd be thirty-one and five, and like a lot of games were like not yeah. playing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, like we we came with three different game plans, and all three of them didn't work. We still right. got beat by thirty. Right. Or 20 every game playing against y'all off that system y'all was playing. Joe Johnson emerged. Mm. Like, mm. people didn't know Joe. Joe right. got drafted by the Celtics. and yeah. But when he played with y'all, it was like, who is Joe Johnson? Right. He's he's a threat. And then when he started getting on the ball, mm-hmm. they used to put you to the side and let yeah. Joe. Well, that was that was the, the sad part about Joe not staying around was that, you know, he, he could have, I mean – we never in my time in Phoenix really had that solidified backup point guard. Yeah. Now Joe's way greater than a backup right. point guard, but he could have done that too. Yeah. Right? Like we could have had Definitely that guy, could. you know, when I went out of the game, he could handle it. What happened a lot of times is like it wasn't about the backup as much as the way we played when I was on the court and the way we played when I was on the court, it didn't it, it yeah, struggled it was, to, yeah. know, and we never said identified the way we were going to play when I was on the court. Whereas Joe, just because he's a great player, that's not a problem, right? So he could have emerged as an all star wing player for us, yeah. but he also could have been an all star point guard in the backup role, right? And yeah. that, was, that was a shame in a sense because he would have served so many purposes for us. Yeah. But that year, I mean, pushing the ball, first of all, we got out on the break. And teams couldn't stay with us. Yeah. Our conditioning and athleticism, um, the shooting, but also in the half court, the pick and roll, Mari diving, shooters. Yeah. Outside, it, it was it was almost new to the league. Yeah. And so now it's common, but at the time it, it caught was. people. It was the first. They were exhausted. Yeah. And they didn't know what yeah, how to get. Ran it up. The funniest part though that people would always ask us during that year, like, man, what y'all do for the conditioning and what y'all do y'all be. Mm-hmm. We ain't do nothing special. Keep up with number thirteen. You want to shoot? You gonna keep up? Yeah. Like dead serious. You gonna man? You gonna keep up? Back to back MVPs. We all want to win MVP. That's one of our dreams. And you get into D'Antoni's system. You feel yourself out. You got the knowledge coming from Dallas, and you went back to back MVPs. Like how did that? It was, was incredible. It, surreal? You know, it was like, it, to be honest, like I never wanted to be MVP. I yeah. I was like a one scholarship kid, like 
career backup when I got drafted, like kept pushing. I never, ever thought like I want to be MVP of the league. Yeah. I wanted to like, can I be a starter? Can I be an all-star? Mm-hmm. How many times can I be an all-star? You know, like, like to push myself, but I never even thought about being MVP. So, you know, it's one of those crazy things that, you know, the the moment in time, it's strange now because you look back on it and it was like, to win it twice and then have my best year the third year and Dirk win it, like yeah. deservedly so. Like there's no, yeah. not, but like, it's strange. Like I never, I don't, like first of all, I moved on after I finished playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that, all that stuff is so far behind yeah. me. Like if I see a, a clip of me that comes across my Instagram feed or something, I don't even relate to that person. Right. <laughs> you know, like I really don't. Yeah. Like, I've said goodbye to all that in a yeah. sense. So, you do hear the you know a little bit of noise like oh like shouldn't like one MVP and all yeah. that stuff. It's just weird to look back and be like, at the time you know I won two in a row and had my best year the third year. Yeah. You know narratives change and it's just weird to look back on. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like I just left all that behind and moved on to be dad and yeah you know and try to like enjoy the rest of my life. So I kind of went on a, like a tangent there, but it's not something like I put a ton of thought into it just feels weird and strange that that was my life at one point yeah right yeah i'm telling you for me to be there to be your teammate for it i the biggest thing that i was the most impressed by i don't think people really understand how hard you work to keep your body and i don't even know what you (laughs) called it with the with the the bands and joints like (laughs) bro you got to see my dude I didn't walked in the gym before, and it's not a weight in sight. It's a puddle of sweat on each side, and my man got the balls and the bands on him, and he yeah. turning in different ways. And I said, and I'm talking about dripping sweat, hard workout, boy, yeah. ready. Yeah, probably looks crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to see y'all as a duo, you and Dirk as a duo in Dallas, and you win MVP, and then he win MVP. Like, how proud of yeah. him from yeah. them long nights, them being in the same apartment. It, it, that that means a lot. That you means a lot saying? because um, we both really were started at a low point, right? Yeah. We didn't come in the league as chosen ones or we didn't come in the league heralded. Yeah. You know, Dirk went, was drafted pretty high. I was drafted 15th. But I think still people like he's a nice player. Maybe he'll be a starter one day, but we'll see. So for us to go through the struggles we went through and then to both be there, in one sense it was disappointing because we could have played together and yeah. extended that run together. Yeah. On the other hand, to see him win a championship, to him win MVP, you know, is incredibly rewarding for me knowing yeah. that how, what we went through at yeah. first, like one, how we got hammered by people, yeah. you know, in the media, the fans, took our lumps on the court, but like we kept pushing, kept growing, kept going back to the gym at night we're there early we're there late never relented from like the work so to see it like that for me to be honest like my this goes for for Dirk as well but in our relationship but for me like when I won the MVP the first time it was like I was just so happy because of the example like it sets for kids 
if you really, really want to be the best you can be and you really, really will commit to it and you won't listen to the naysayers and you won't let adversity slow you down, you know, that's what my story was. Yeah. That I never stopped finding a way to believe. There were moments where I didn't believe or I felt shitty or didn't have the confidence or, you know, felt down about myself or didn't like the outlook or was a non-believer but those moments i got over them quickly mm-hmm. and like believed again and yeah. fought again like and i mean quickly like, yeah and if i felt that way for an extended period of time i never stopped working right mm-hmm. so that to me is like what made me so happy was that it was an example for young people that like you don't have to there's not it's not the chosen one only you can be someone that's a late bloomer that finds a way that you know sticks with it and so that that was really rewarding and then the same thing f- to watch Dirk do it it just was so inconceivable when we started in Dallas together you know yeah. that was the sickest part for me like when you won the MVP it was crazy because it sent a different message to the kids it wasn't the person averaging 30 yeah. averaging 35 or with whatever, all the commercials and you know all of these right. different things Shoot he was, the, yeah. stuff, he, was a, he was a guy you know not like a big dude he was a normal dude who looked like any regular person he didn't do like you know you see michael right. jordan he jumping higher yeah. than anybody could imagine like yeah. people can envision right. doing right. what you were doing right. yeah anybody could right. go out in the front yard and try your moves right. and do it sure. and maybe not look like you but it wasn't sure. like you were jumping no. over things that right. they couldn't so it was like i could yeah. do what steve nash do yeah. and then the seed for me the coolest part was to be being your teammate i got a chance to be around you and see and i would tell him i would tell all my friends like yo what's up with steve what's steve now i'm like bro when we go out, he go out with us. Yeah. Like, no BS. It's not like, Steve, you weren't out trying to be like us or be. Right. You were being Steve Nash, but you were 100% with the group. Yeah. Wherever we at. We yeah. had barbecues. And I think that was one of the things that people didn't understand about our team that year that made us so special. From yeah. early, like you said, we came early. We were there in August working out. But right then, it was not like, it was just one of those things. We had a special group. Everybody mm-hmm. clicked, everybody hung out. Hey, we're going to have a barbecue for, you know, like six guys there. It wasn't like people was doing some real heavy lifting to get guys to come. It was just like we came together. Yeah. And then when you see guys like a Steve Nash, a Jake Voschko, we going out with, you know, it's all black dudes going to the, you know, to the black <laughs> spots. But Jake Voschko read the Bible and stuff, but he was he was in with the, the group. Team you know what I'm saying? Steve Nash in the success. group. Like, when we start, I'm like, oh. Steve Nash out with us, bro. For yeah. real, kicking it like this is dope. Yeah. Then that translates to the court, and before you know it, like we like this. Everything mm-hmm. we do, we you got five, six guys at dinner on this trip. You got guys doing this or doing that together. We have a party on it at somebody's house. Everybody over there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's what really be getting the teams yeah. like this before you know it. And then it's like now we hooping. Everybody really cool with each other. And the biggest thing that Steve did. I know for a fact for me, because, you know, we came from L.A., we were all, there's six of us, we all jockeying mm-hmm. for position. I'm trying to score, he trying to score. That was the first time in my career in the NBA where you made me feel extremely comfortable. Give it up. You going to get it back. I don't care. Like, yeah. you remember how you used to go sometimes? Because Steve had to even explain it to me one time. Because I used to give, you know me, I'm thirsty. I get yeah. frustrated. I get <laughs> the ball. Yeah. Steve, you know, Steve had to tell me, hey, hey, listen, the way we play, it may be a stretch where you don't get it four or five times. 
Yeah. But then it's going to come back to you like six or seven straight times. That was just how we played sometimes. Yeah. And once I started understanding that and I understood, like, like I said, he made it easy because he was going to – it didn't matter what the play was doing. That was his mutant power, like, oh, Q tripping right now. I don't care what the play it is. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a figure out a way to get Q the ball. Oh, Amari tripping right now. I don't care what the play it is. I'm about to figure out a way to get Amari the ball. And it yeah. ain't going to be in a disrespectful way to the coach or to the player or to nothing. Yeah. But I'm going to make this happen because I don't want him to go off. I don't want him to go off. And he was the orchestrator. That was what was most impressive because you had me, you had Tricks, you had Amari, you had dudes. That were, you had to keep these personalities fed the right way. Otherwise, it would never have worked like it did. Yeah. And, boy, <laughs> Steve was amazing with that. Yeah. Giving up himself first, though. So that's why I was like, yeah. that sent a whole different message to the kids out there. Like, you could be the MVP being unselfish, leading yeah. your team, and not trying to score 30. Yeah. And he did that two years in a row. Yeah. Double digits and assists. That that original team that y'all had with Q, Q got traded after that mm. that year. Yeah. Then y'all lost, lost Joe Johnson. But the year y'all had with the original, I remember like the All-Star game, it was like a Phoenix <laughs> Suns. All Star Game doing the challenge and all that stuff. Yeah. Winning a three point count. Like the whole year was just yeah. like a successful year. Right. But y'all trade Q. What was like different? Well, it was. Because yeah, it was like y'all couldn't was, get it over was, the hump. It was the biggest thing that changed from the first year is that we didn't play as fast anymore. So we, we were just as successful over like the making the conference finals stuff, but we didn't play as fast anymore. And when I look back, it, we lost some of our advantage. By slowing down, like, and I think at the time we played so fast to be like, you can't win that way. Yeah. But the reality is, with our roster, we should have played faster. Yeah. Right. But it was so like unaccepted culturally by yeah. the basketball and the media and the fans that they it was folded. like, this isn't gonna work. They folded. Yeah. And so, w you know, in a sense, the books seven seconds or less. Like we didn't really play that way. That's what yeah. I. When everybody After said that, that to me, I was like, "We have literally never talked about right. seven seconds or less it's and all of this stuff." When they came out with that, I was kind of thrown off. Right. Like, did somebody say this? Or right. I think Mike did say it sometimes, but like you're right, it wasn't like that. Was not motto. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. It, it just was the way we played. Yeah. But every year after that, we slowed down, and, yeah. and in a sense, we kind of succumbed. Yeah, like the the comment like y'all gave me like, yeah. Trey Q for Kurt Thomas. Yep, yep. Even like I think I told you guys I I watched the game in the 2007 San Antonio series and we beat San Antonio. It was the game Robert already checked yeah. me in into the scores table at the end of the game. We won that game to tie it to two on the road. We didn't know at the time, yeah. right? There was no analytics. Not that that's the be all and end all, but the game wasn't in a place where we understood. We should have doubled down and played faster. Yeah. We won that game playing Spurs style, and it yeah. really had no business winning that game and ended up losing the series, whether it's because of the suspensions or not. We were playing the game their way. Mm -hmm. No matter if – that's not what you remember, but when you watch it, you know, you're like, whoa. Yeah, that was a key we moment. We didn't play that fast. Yeah. Like, we're struggling. We're swimming upstream yeah. to Every play shot with these got to count. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everything's got to matter so much. Whereas – you know, because they, they had Timmy and, and not Tony and Manu and, all, and everyone, but Timmy in that era, in that game, was so dominant, uh, not even on the score sheet. 
Like just defensively, he takes the space away. His presence. Offensively, he creates space. And like, so in the speed of the game and the style of play in that era, he was perfect. Yeah. And, and he, that's why he's one of the best ever. But we, like, in a sense, like tried to match him instead of like saying, okay, yep. let's make Timmy play an extra 20 possessions tonight. Yeah. Right? Let's make him move 100 yeah. more times make in different directions. You know, that wasn't acceptable necessarily. And so that's why. Q leaves. We end up trading. Was it Sean for a, a um, Shack at some right, point? Yeah. Like these things yeah. that you know actually brought us back to the pack yeah. instead of pushed us over the Put top. Out back on the playing right. field with everybody right. else. Yeah. yeah, like we had to be extraordinary to keep our standards instead of we can just play our game and be right. In the I can top. remember all of that. Like when it happened, I couldn't believe because I remember you calling me. I want to say you were at. At Finn's wedding, you were at a bar or something. Yeah. Like I'm seeing this shit go across the screen. Like what the hell is going on? Like yeah. he called me. I'm like, yo, what's happening? And then within the next few days, I think they signed Rajah Bell. That aggravated Joe because he was supposed to be the top priority in the first order of business before anything was done. He was mad because they had traded me before that happened. Then they signed another wing right. before that happened. He was like, oh, I'm done. And the craziest part about all of that is remember at the beginning of the season, they could have locked him up for yeah. 36. Right. But they were scared because they had just committed money to me and Steve. Yeah. Like it was a, it, they just bought the team. We were the first two guys. Exactly. And I think they were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Too, what too are much we money going out. You know, yeah. And they also weren't a bunch of billionaires. Yeah. You know, they were wealthy guys about the team. Mm-hmm. But they were like feeling their way into this unfortunately we were on the cusp right away right away and it just it wasn't great timing between them kind of getting their feet wet and figuring out what this was and it wasn't the nba then was good but it wasn't these aren't two billion dollar franchises you know like some people thought they overpaid at like 400 million or whatever it was so they're thinking okay we may be overpaid to get in now we're in we want to operate at a big loss and pay tax and all that stuff so it just the whole confluence of things didn't work in our favor in a sense. Killed us out, though. We could have got. But us. even more than that, it was the it was just it was it was just like the common thought was like you can't win this way. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so when you lose, like you shouldn't like nobody. Crush, saying it. Nobody crushes a new team for losing the first year. Yeah. But we felt the weight of that. And, and because we were different, right away, yeah. right? Because of that Tony system, we played different. Yeah. So it was like they was were like, waiting for it. They yeah. said it the entire year after yeah, after right. they got used to okay, they they really are gonna win like this the whole year. Then they said they not gonna win right. when it matters, bro. Yeah. Like even though they sweeping and they killing everybody, they said, well, when it matters, they can't win. You can't win in the playoffs like this. So like, as soon as we yeah. lost, it was like, yes, yeah. we told you so. Yeah. And we, we remember Joe broke his face. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the he the first so he, games yeah. of, the, of the finals, the Western he, he, finals. He came back for the last game yeah. that we lost in the conference finals, right? And he played great with yeah. a mask yep. yeah. and healed. But, like, you know, we're talking about Joe Johnson. Yeah. And to miss him yeah. as a young first-year team in that position. Literally. And I'm not saying, like, oh, we would have won. But, like, you don't yeah. know, right? Like, you don't know. Like we. I, I will say that, that I do feel confident if we would have had – the two, like with our with our original team, the two, three, four year stretch at right. it, you know, taking shots at it and making adjustments, but keeping our core right. like team, man, I, I gotta believe we'd have got us one or two. <laughs> I got to, yeah. 
We weren't yeah. going to just keep losing to the Spurs like that. We would have figured them out. If we would have yeah. saw them two, three straight years in the in the conference finals, they weren't going to just keep stopping us. Right. Every time I think about that, I'm like, this was crazy. Was they just, shorted us like crazy. Yeah. Everywhere, the video games, they put us on there as the Phoenix team. Not any of the other ones, that first team. Right. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> Why did you choose the Lakers? Like the the look, uh, a couple reasons. There is one main reason which I get to, but two reasons. One, it was a good opportunity. Yeah. Right. Two, like you look at the team, they're assembling. It's a good team. Yeah. But the second reason was, this was the end of my career, yeah. and I wanted to be in the fire. Yeah. I didn't want to go to a team where there wouldn't be any scrutiny or pressure. Or, or no expectations. This is my last opportunity, yeah. right, to play yeah. this league for three. Hopefully, I, at the time, I was I, it was a three-year deal. I thought I could keep going after the deal, yeah. right? So I'm still thinking I can play for a while. But this three years where I – because when I my last year in Phoenix, I made the All-Star game. I was 38. So I still thought I can do play, this. Yeah. I got this. I can keep this going. Like, I might not be like I was when I was 30, 31, but yeah. – I'm still playing at a high level, yeah. and I can continue this. Yeah. So I wanted to be in the fire. I didn't want to like go out to pasture, so to speak, in an yeah. easy situation where I was just whatever. So I, I remember li- actually asking Steve Kerr, who was around when I, you know he was a part of the ownership group when we went to Phoenix, and he, then he became the general manager of Phoenix. You know, he was doing TV at the time. I called him for his advice, and and you know I remember he, he saying it back to me when I said to him, "I was like I." I, I want to go to the Lakers because I want to be in the fire. Like, mm. I want to be play under pressure. But the main, main reason was that I was going through a divorce. Yeah. And my my ex was in Phoenix, and the kids would have to stay with their mom. And my other two options were Toronto and New York. Mm. I don't know how I would see them, right. you know, yeah. like that year. And I'm like, now I have five kids. Yeah. I'm like a dad, I'm dad first, and then right. arrange everything else in my life, all the yeah. stuff I'm doing around them. Yeah. So it's always been a priority to me. So in the end, like that was the deal breaker in Stays. a sense. Like if I, there was a chance to get to, I'm going to LA because I could literally after practice fly to Phoenix, go to a kid's soccer practice, yeah. you know, and come back. And come right that back. Night. And they won't. Yeah, feel I could nothing. be with them for four yeah. or five hours and be back and be at practice early yeah. the next day, right? So that was the reason. Yeah. But those other two reasons, wanting to be in the fire and, you know, that there was a potentially a great team, that's there too. But ultimately, it was a decision on family. But, man, I can remember, like, really coming here believing that I have a lot left yeah. and I can't wait. Like, I, I did everything. Yeah. I prepared. I was ready. And, you know... It, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. On, but for all of us together, it wasn't meant to be. And then I broke my knee. Like, I fractured yeah. my, my second game in L.A. And I, my body's never been the same since that. Conditioning on the treadmill, yeah. lifting, doing everything I could to get back out there. Maybe to a fault. Maybe I should have, one, maybe I was doing too much. Two, maybe I should have supported my teammate in the flesh. But I wanted to support them by playing with right. them. Yeah. So I was like, I won't, I'm going to go focus on me. crush myself again tonight. When we got to the league, you know, y'all had that three-head monster with Finley. And y'all offense with Nelly. Nelly offense was like way different than everybody else's offense. Did you feel like y'all could have won in Dallas if y'all just stuck with the 
Yeah. With the chemistry uh, of Nelly's offense, yeah, he was think, like a Vance. Yeah, I think so. Nelly was uh, he's man, he has a crazy creative basketball mind. Was ahead of the game. He was on all the rules committees. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he was always pushing the boundaries on everything. Yeah. And he was the guy that would put like. I can't remember which way it was around, but he would put like Manute Ball on Muggsy Bogues. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm going to sit off him and I'm going to cover him from like 15 feet to the rim and, mm. you know, stuff like that that nobody would really try, but Nelly had no problem doing it. And Nelly yeah. was like a guy that loved to play off the elbows and put you in a position where if you get a catch on tight on the elbow, it puts the defense in a weird position because the weak side is still one pass away, even the weak side corner if you're on mm. the elbow. So everyone's like just in a little bit out of their comfort zone. And so he loved elbows. He loved two and three man games on one side. And and he junked up the game. Yeah. Like he'd play super small. Right. He'd play, like, yeah. we'll play fast. We'll we'll play slow. We'll, he'd post me up sometimes. Like, yeah. Like, different guys. Like, weird stuff that often, like, it would strangely work. And then you wouldn't see it again. And so <laughs> he was so adaptable and, and creative. And so he he's a basketball genius in some ways because you – you consider like how like to get to that position and to be able to be so different you yeah. have to be mm-hmm. kind of crazy smart or creative and so look me mike Dirk, and myself like if we had to continue to go together and you add like you know in the end they got tyson chandler yeah. right right like if you had gotten the moment where we got somebody mm-hmm. like that you know who i used to love with y'all that played with y'all was marquise daniels and mm-hmm. josh howard yeah. you know what like those two guys like are, i, are I guys. like them too guys. So we did too. Josh. they played so well for y'all also, i thought they fit perfectly exactly because they could switch yeah they could both make a play you know, they could defend, like I said, multiple positions. And so they were versatile and they could fit in around us or take over a little more when we yeah. weren't on the court, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it, and the problem was we never let it develop, right? Like it, yeah. it never got the chance to grow together for five, six years. Yeah. You know, like I, pl- those guys probably came a year or two before I left. Yeah. Right? And then a year or two after I left, Finn left. And yeah. so where that sweet spot was and what the additions we could have made, we never saw it in yeah. a sense. So, But there's no reason why with like a couple, with those guys and then like if, if a Tyson Chandler became available or somebody else, there's no reason why we couldn't have pushed and, and yeah. been a championship team. You won MVP in that Tony system. You was the mm. first to do it. You see James Harden mm. who could have won MVP three years in a row. Mm. You know what I'm saying? What's about D'Antoni's system mm. at point guard? Yeah. You can have so much success yeah. if well, you have the skill level to right. achieve that. It gave me an opportunity to be my best. Yeah. Same with James. It's not that easy, though. Like, it's, yeah. uh, like I think people think, well, in that system. But, like, you know, like we had a hard time finding someone to – play when I, when I sat down because it is a, it is a bit like over the course of you can have a hot streak but over the course of a season ha, ha, season having to make all the decisions yeah. and being super efficient it, it, it relies a lot on that player to yeah. to 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 be efficient and consistent yeah. over and over so it allowed me that's what I did well was make decisions be creative yeah. distort the defense put pressure on the defense. Um, I think we're different players, but we both play cat and mouse where we allow our scoring to make our passing 
more dangerous and our passing to make our scoring more dangerous and put the defense in a bad position, right, where they're constantly having to make really quick decisions. They, they, no matter what decision they make could be wrong, right? Right. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, Trying to pump myself up by saying that like it's 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 not as e- it's not as like the system really allowed me to be at my best, yeah. but it 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 was also exhausting. Yeah. Nah. But to see James Harden now, like, do you see similarities? Because you just said when you got out when you got out the game, you see him get out yeah. the game and the whole team sure. changed. Yeah, you know they had Chris Paul, now they got Westbrook. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. How you you see the the mistakes? that you made in what Houston is doing with, with the system, same system now? I think Houston's been incredible. Like, I think, like, people saying that, like, James and Chris didn't work is wrong. Yeah. Because, like, you look at the Warriors, they're historically great. Yeah. And they brought Chris Paul on, and they got this close to beating a historically great team. Histor- like, historically one, two, or three? I don't know. Yeah. Top five. They got this close to beating them twice. Yeah. That is, and they came from not really – in the same ballpark. Yeah. That doesn't mean it didn't work. Yeah. That means it worked extraordinarily well. Yeah. They just never got over the hump. And sometimes yeah. that's a break. Yeah. You know? Um so I, I look, James Harden is he's I, like I can't even relate, you know, for someone at his size to do what he does. Yeah. And and he's taken this era and embraced the way it's being played. Know, it's yeah. being played and is is like you know, putting up numbers that are crazy. Yeah. I think it's a big success. Yeah. You know, they just go happen to be going against mm-hmm. the Warriors at a time team. when it's like it's like running into MJ in the nineties. Right, right. Your draft. Ooh. The legendary. If, if you had to play three on three with to pick out of your mm. draft, any player out of the draft, who's the other two players you'll want mm. to play with you? Oh. I mean Think you gotta put Kobe in there, Kobe, <laughs> Bing. Uh, especially three on three. Like that's cheap. I mean, Murder's Row, uh, Ray Allen, oh, yeah. Allen Iverson. Uh, like you know, the and more. I'm sure there's guys I'm forgetting, but like Sharif Abdul Rahim. I mean, Reeve. I'm trying to think, like Marbury, Antoine Walker, Cybertron. So many. There's more. There's more. Drag. I think I feel like there's more that I'm forgetting that you you Can would consider. Camby, like you want a big, but, you know. I play with Kobe and Camby. That's <laughs> real crazy. Right there. Right there. I mean, it was cool to. You don't know at the time, right? Yeah, you don't right. know. Like, no, like yeah. you're just a bunch of young guys, and especially I. I graduated from college. A lot of them were younger than me, but like we're all young guys, like hoping to make an impact in the league, right? Yeah. Kobe, at the time, we didn't really know as much about high school kids, so we knew Kobe was like this kind of prodigy, but we didn't know. Yeah. It wasn't on Instagram every day, right? Right. So you're kind of like taking a leap. You know, so Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, like these some yeah. of the most influential players the league's ever seen. So it's crazy to look back and think that at the time we didn't know, you know, we knew yeah. nothing, Ray Allen and go down the line. But you look back and it's like a bunch of Hall of Famers and – yeah, it's incredible. I heard you talk about you know the, the, everything being on Instagram. What's your take on youth hoops right now with the whole social media evolvement and evolution of that, and how 
kid to have clips and he's the hottest thing and he has a thousand followers or whatever. Like I feel I feel like it's it's so so different in in a way I would say like the purity of it is gone because it's as soon as the guy they rank the top fifth graders, the top fourth graders, sure. the top eight. Like, how can you rank these kids? Like, the top fourth grader may never play basketball when he turns eighth grade. He may decide to play soccer or not even sure. be in sports or anything. Yeah. Like I say that to say, what do you think of that? When you see all these kids with huge followings and their own ball is life and all that, it's cool. But I think it's it's kind of the gift and the curse. Hundred percent. I, I think. For better or for worse, it is what it is. We're not we're not going back. Right. So right. you can't you can't like long for the way we grew up. Right. Or whatever. It's not happening. So like you have to accept it. Then you just try to like how can we find some balance here? And I would say the positive thing is like exposure. Kids get exposure. There's no secrets anymore. Everyone right. gets to, you, like when I grew up, I, I would love to know what a kid in Chicago is doing. Right. How what what is what's his move? What's his game? What level is he at in the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade? That is cool. That the world's small. Like a kid in any corner of the world can see what the yeah. best in his age is doing. So there's a lot of great things about it, and the exposure and the best practices and all that stuff. I don't like the fact that we rank kids. You can scout and you can say this is. Like, I don't even mind, like, if you put it in a little more blunt, like, he's a five-star, he's a blue yeah. chip. Okay, but, like, one, two, three, four, five, it's a hundred. I think kids lose sight of the long-term and their development because of the, where they, where am I ranked this week? This week doesn't, it, it's, I tell my girls, my daughters play volleyball. They, they don't love it yeah. and like it, yeah. you know? Yeah. They could be pretty good at it. They think they're bad. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a terrible, like, you have no, it does not matter who's best at 14. Yeah. Right? Like, if you had to ask me where I fit in the world ranking yeah. at basketball when I was 14, up. no ranking. Right. Like, yeah. we're talking thousands, right? Yeah. So, like, don't get caught up in where you are this week. This, even, like, your senior year. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. So I, I don't like that kids get so focused in on where their ranking is and that competitive nature of a ranking that means nothing. There's no yeah. reward. What do you get? You don't get an yeah. NBA championship for right. being the fifth best yeah. in the country in 14, yeah. right? You don't get anything. So I don't like that. I'd, I'd like to see kids think about their long-term development instead yeah. of likes, Yeah. right? So, uh, right? Likes, don't yeah. be influenced by likes, what other people like. Be influenced how many by what, followers you have. Uh, be influenced yeah. by what <laughs> is making you better every day. And frankly, like... Sometimes you don't need to share with everyone. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like get focused. Canada is bringing a lot of players to the mm. NBA. Boom. A lot of players to college. Mm. Like to see you growing up in Canada, to see how it's developed. Mm. These kids can come out of Canada and do their thing. You got the Andrew Wiggins mm. and all yeah. these guys who make it to the league. How do that feel? It's, like, a, it's incredible. I, I, I never – yeah. Ever thought it would be like this? I think I think Canada now is the second most NBA players in the world. Yeah. The U.S. I think it, this going into this year, I think there's 15 guaranteed contracts. Yeah, Canadian kids. When I came into the league, it was Rick Fox, who I love, yeah, born first, in Toronto, yeah. two weeks old, moved to the Bahamas. Yeah, right. Bill Wennington, who was from Montreal, went to high yeah, school in. The Bulls. It went to high school yeah. in, in New York, maybe. Yeah. 
that was it. So two yeah. guys that you know, I mean, I guess Billy's Canadian. He grew up there, but Rick, yeah. you know, like he was born there as yeah. a Canadian mom, I think. But like, grew up in the Bahamas. Now, like, legit, I think Toronto probably has more NBA players than New York City. Yeah, right. Mm. Like, think about it. Like, you know, even the greater Toronto is you know, like Jamal Murray, Shea. Yeah, Andrew I Bowman right now. They, yeah. they, they uh, the output is is, yeah, is you know heavy right now. Even like. I mean, this year in the draft, Nikhil Alexander Walker, I think, yeah. has a huge future. Like your godson, RJ. Yeah. I mean, RJ. everyone knows RJ. Yeah, that's interesting to watch RJ go through this whole Impressive. mechanism. Yeah, right. I like, saw you tweet because I think your soccer team lost, but you was like, "That's cool. I'm about to go watch my godson <laughs> get picked." So it's you know, I got a cool constellate. Yeah. Like yeah. that's dope. That's dope. Have you ever imagined? A team from Canada winning the championship. How I mean, crazy! It's bound to happen one day, but no, not <laughs> now. You know what I mean? Not like yeah. now. You know, I work for the Warriors, yeah. So I wanted the Warriors to win, yeah, deeply. But <laughs> but if I ever had to be happy on the losing side, right. is to see the country Damn, of Canada. Country. They were showing the games in movie theaters across the country, yeah. parties on the street. They big yeah. they recreated eighteen replicas of the Jurassic Park type yeah. venue. They did that at like different bars and different areas around yeah. town. Like yeah, no and, and across the country. Like it's special to see the game grow. Yeah. And the franchise and the game to get its reward. Yeah. In a sense, you can never take that away from them. That is a historic moment that all the kids, yeah, families, people but, will remember. But you right? have to know not so much for the championship, but I mean, going back to like the boom of the Canada Canadian basketball, you you have to feel somewhat responsible for that. Yeah, I don't ever look at it that way. If I had an influence, that's great. You did. I, I'm telling you, big influence. We telling. I, I think you. there's a number of things. I think one, maybe myself uh, and other guys showed a path that's possible. That mm-hmm. was you didn't see before. Vince Carter. Vince yeah. was huge too. He was absolutely just to be like such an electrifying player in everyone's living room. Yeah, you know, for these young generation, mm-hmm. that's the first kind of like superstar, and they saw him every night. Yeah, right? like that's imp- that's important. Imagine if there was no Vince, and there yeah. was like a team that struggled, and yeah. there wasn't like that say, one guy. I would say Damon and Vince were the beginning. Damon was huge yeah. too. Damon was, a Damon. little before this generation, right. but he yeah. gave it something. Yeah, yeah. out the gates started right? it out. Like he yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah, and a figure that everyone and a little guy yeah. that everyone can relate. Yeah. To, there you go. That's right? what I mean. Like, oh, hold on. That aspect of it you know, is big to me. Nice, incredible, and a lot of kids could say, well, "I can, I can do play that. this game. Yeah. I don't have to be there." You super go. Tall. But I think, for Canada's sake, the growth we're seeing now is the Raptors. Vince Damon, yeah. you know, the internet. Just being out, like, it opened the world up to people. Because <laughs> yes. Toronto's like, I don't know, like 8 million people, right? Like, yeah. It's like the third, fourth biggest city in North America, or yeah. whatever it may be. So you have a lot of people, a lot of great athletes. Now basketball's in everyone's living room. There's hoops going up in driveways yeah. everywhere. There's people wanting to coach, kids wanting to play. Um, and then the AU thing. So, yeah. AAU is not perfect, but a lot of Canadian kids got yes. to play AAU yeah, and like opportunity for people to see them. That and they got to play against the best kids in the states every yeah. weekend for like whatever it is five ten weeks. <laughs> right. yeah. It's yeah. like a pro tour, right? Should they retire Kawhi's jersey? Great question. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't see why not. In that, hopefully they win a bunch of championships. But if if they don't win another championship in the next. 
10, 15 years and it doesn't look like they're on the verge of that time, why wouldn't you the man retire the jersey? He gave you it. The, the game is about winning championships. Yeah, he, won won. It, he came, he won you a championship. Got and, on and, out. And, and if it's, you know, I could see it if they win five, six more. Mm. Now maybe like, okay. But yeah. he, he gave you the ultimate. He's Neo. Right. To the Matrix. He's Neo. <laughs> he is Neo. He is the man out there. Like, mm. boy, he came in, what, eight, nine months and yeah. did what nobody else could do yeah. in the history. Like, to me, in my opinion, DeMar DeRozan is the greatest yeah. Raptor yeah. in the history. Sure. Like, as far as, you know, Longevity stats and everything and, he did, how yeah. he repped for the city, wanted yeah. to be there. It was he great. came was great. and almost just took that over in yeah. eight, nine months. Well, listen, yeah. I love DeMar. Great love player. Yeah. Love him. Kawhi is on it. Is, is, there's not, you know, like, he's yeah. a different animal. Yeah. It just is, like, no disrespect to Mar is incredible player yeah. but Kawhi is a different animal yeah he doesn't sweat and by the way they don't think he was healthy yeah is he, he real do you know what I mean he like, was laboring his left knee was that's why he he's can a just robot like, he can he's can just drag you around the court like a like and drop you off and get where he wants to go and he's not 100% yeah and I'm strong right that's I'm strong out here, and I'm going to get at you on this other end. I've seen clips of you working with Steph or working with Golden State. How much joy did that bring to you to give your knowledge to the youth or, mm-hmm. or the players of that level today? It's, you know? it's fun. You know, with the Warriors, I think the person I work close, most closely with Kevin Durant, but I, I'm there to, like, for any of them. Yeah. They, want it, they don't need me. Yeah. But it is a great experience for me to give back. Yeah. And it's a great experience to learn. Yeah. Like to watch how they do things. How they do it. And yeah. how they've moved the needle in different directions and their greatness yeah. and how their personality manifests itself. So it's nice if I can have an impact on any of these guys, but I learn as much from them without them knowing it, just yeah. watching, observing, seeing how they handle situations, seeing what they've brought to the table, how they've pushed the game in the direction yeah. that their personality and skill set takes them. So that's a thrill for me. That's It's rewarding to be able to help, but it's it's equally as exciting to, to watch these great, great players, you know, show me how, how, how they do How impressed were you with you saying you work with KD? Because yeah. I've gotten the chance to get to know him a little mm. bit just talking to him. And I, the thing that I've been most impressed about him, with him about that I didn't know before talking to him was was his thirst for, for mm. the game, mm-hmm. to get yeah. better at the game, to learn more about the game, the to be more of a perfectionist yeah. at the game yeah. as far as like, you know how a lot of guys get in and they get good, they get caught up in yeah. certain things. For me, when I look at him, he's one of the few guys who is legit uh, hoop purists mm. who want to yeah. just hoop. He want to try and figure out ways to perfect his game, to get better, to become tougher to guard, to to master different things that other greats have mastered. Like that's what he talks about at nauseum all yeah. the time. So I mean, you being one yeah. of those greats, a HOF back to back MVP. I know he was all over you. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he is a hooper. Kevin's a sophisticated guy. Right. He was yeah. doing a lot of great things, mm-hmm. charitable, business-wise. Right. He has a lot of interest. I think the reason he left OKC, left Golden State, is because he's curious. He's courageous. Yeah. He wants different experiences. He wants to push the bar. He, he wants to try yeah, new things yeah. and learn and grow and, and live life, mm-hmm. right? But 
when it comes down to it, he is a hooper. Like he wants to play basketball. Yeah, almost to a fault. And I'll say this because like I always try to push Kevin. Okay, you're getting late twenties. I want you to be religious with like your activation and corrective exercises and all that stuff. Like every time you're gonna touch the wood, I want you to do your exercises. But I think Kevin's just like, just get me on the court and give me the ball. I want to work out and I want to shoot. I want to play one on one. I want to yeah, play. He want to talk five about five. it. Learn and, about yes. it. He knows the game. he know like the history and he, history. he hears everything. He, yeah. he he learns and understands and respects and eats it all up. That yeah. part right? right there, I was I'm like still extremely yeah. impressed of how much he wants to be more efficient mm. and be this and be that and how not only I'm not talking about it, I'm going to go watch this, mm. I'm yeah. going to watch that, right. and when I can get to it, I'm going to work at it, I'm yeah. going to do everything. Six nine shooting and dribble like that. Uh, six, I mean, eight, his, seven, mobility, six, his mobility, skill level, and like he he's he's one of the all all time greats yeah. and sometimes we get to a stage of careers like you know like I just want to work out and, and like if a game breaks out anywhere he's down to play like <laughs> he like play, you know right like he way. loves the game of basketball yeah. in that pure way that if a game broke out and he had tennis on he's going to he might jump in yeah. no matter who's playing right yeah. like I and you know, you get more selective as you get older. I still feel like he just has that Jones in him. Or he, yeah. like, He's a dude that has play. a pair of hoop sneakers all the time right. on right. deck. Oh, wait, right. we hooping? Wait, hold on. Right. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, if I had his game, I would too. Worse, man. <laughs> like, up. He's a killer. You, I mean, you're rolling any court and it's like I'm service as usual, right? You, uh, <laughs> you got a TNT hosting job. Like you're not a guy. You kind of. I feel like you like me. You're not a yeah. camera microphone guy. Right here you know we are with saying? cameras and microphones. But yeah, like yeah. you're right though. I'm yeah. Not. And so I I did la- like um I didn't I didn't set out to do it. And I got you know I think everyone knows by now. I'm a huge soccer fan. And I got approached last year from Bleach Report and TNT to yeah. cover the Champions League, which is the best soccer competition. All the yeah. best teams in Europe. And and so for me as a big fan, I was like the okay i didn't want to do like tv but this yeah. is something i gotta try and yeah. i can't pass it up because this is what i do anyways right. yeah. i like geek out on soccer all day long yeah. so um i tried it and loved it and so this year is year two and i'm gonna do i'm gonna do some segments for tuesday night nba on tnc um <clears throat> since it's in the same family and yeah. you know i'm gonna do a little bit and just see how it goes and yeah, go. hopefully grow and build something that is exciting is entertaining to people and but um, you know, it really started from a place where I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And then I got the opportunity <laughs> to do soccer as a basketball player. Like you don't get those opportunities. Yeah. Um. So I took it, and here I am now, creeping into NBA. And we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I'm okay at it. And uh, yeah. And then we'll go from there. Yeah, that's how I was with this. Is like yeah. I, you got to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Never know, you might like it. You don't seem uncomfortable. Like you're like running this like a vet. Yeah, this is my second season, so yeah. I'm kind of feeling myself yes, right yes. now. Yes, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So, you feel me? Live on location. We out here. My main man, Steve, he brought us into his residence, into his home. We want to show our appreciation, bro. We appreciate you for coming through and letting you know letting us rock with you. This is the special edition, Knuckleheads VSOP bottle. They got the little, you know, the little oh, logo man. on the side demo. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Zoom in on that. <laughs> wow. 
So you know what I'm saying, man. We appreciate you, man. This was Please, this was major. This is going up. In the yeah. House. See. Yeah. See. Come back, season. Uh, no ten. We'll uh, crack it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yak. To all the knucklehead fans, much love, much love. We appreciate the support. Don't forget to check us out and subscribe and download on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, wherever you check out podcasts, wherever they're available. We out here. Get at us. Download. Continue to support. We got some real heat coming. Yeah. The Players Tribune dot com.